When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Ever. But I thought the previous and one always. was. And the previous one to that, and the previous one to that, and the previous one to that. Yeah. Uh, and yes. you were wrong. How time works, I see. We all thought that, and it was until the new year arrived, and here we are in it. The current worst year ever. Guys, how's it going? I'm just enjoying Cody's hair right now. <laughs> We're doing great. It's perfect for an audio medium. Yeah, yeah. Really got some Ed Grimley like... stuff going on. I mean, as we've always said, Cody has the perfect hair for radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a a, a guy That's that I right. was dating who once told me I had a face for radio. Well, fuck That's him. That's not a nice thing. For I know, but him. I you have an excellent face. Did I? He was joking, and he didn't. He he thought we were young, but but I but, love humor. I, I, I want to finish the story. I'll say <laughs> that at the time went right over my pretty little head uh, and I took it as a compliment. I was like, thank you. I've always wanted to work in radio. Oh, so, no. uh, anyway, um, can we all email him? Yeah, what? Yeah, seriously. Sure. Yeah, uh, he, he's a really great guy. A pop punk band did write a song about him. Um, that was mean. <laughs> what about him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He got into like a fight with the lead singer in high school, and they wrote uh, their one hit wonder. <laughs> the song wow. about him. Oh, that's amazing. And they amazing. played it all over local radio. I hope he's not listening. It... He is a wonderful person. Anyway, well, um, I don't like him. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. There's only one ex we don't like, and this one's fine. Let's talk about the show. <laughs> Okay, what is, what is, what is, what do we what is our show? What do we do for a living? What's How, in the who, news? Who are we? What is my we, name? Why are why are we actually? What that's like a humanity. better question? Yeah, this is what I described to uh, my relatives as on demand radio, aka a podcast. 
Ah, yeah. yes. And the Downloadable three, three, radio. And the three of you are the hosts of said podcast. Oh. So today, uh, <laughs> we're just stalling here because the subject that we're going <laughs> to dig into is um, very dark. Yeah. It, uh, today, we're going to be talking about Afghanistan, of course. Yeah. Yeah. More like, mm. yeah, Afghanistan. I, people, mm-hmm. I, I saw some comments. It is much more like that. I yeah. saw some comments after our, our last, uh, last week's episode, like, no talk about Afghanistan, guys. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on. And also, (laughs) the Taliban went from, like, you know, fighting in the mountains to taking over most of the populated areas of Afghanistan in roughly a week. So Yeah, about the time. Like, news was breaking after we recorded of stuff. Um, And you have to give things a beat. Before you talk about them, yeah, I feel like one of the one of the problems we run into these days, especially, is that everybody has to have an opinion yes. the second something happens, and then claim, make claims about things the second Re- it happens. Regardless, and with that in mind, Cody, how would you have invaded Afghanistan? Uh, faster and bigger, <laughs> bigger, much bigger. more money, more money, a few more years. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. Um, I feel like twenty-five years would have given it to us, right? I would have. I would have said like, all right. In 25 years, if things aren't going our way, 25 more years. <laughs> I'll say. Like, lay out a plan, right? Yeah. yeah. A 50-year um, plan in 25-year exactly. increments. That is perfect. Yes. dig into all of this. Um, <laughs> I, I Yeah, 20 years. 20 years. I, I, it's interesting because all of this, uh, you know, Biden's big, big idea would be to have everybody <laughs> out of there uh, before the, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Um, he did it thinking that would be (laughs) symbolic and and beautiful in some Uh, way but instead what we're seeing is a catastrophe Um, and the soldiers and people that have uh, fought in this 20 year war a lot of them a lot of soldiers people who fought in this war then had children who grew up to fight in this war or Mm -hmm. you know and, and instead of seeing this as a beautiful moment of symbolism it is um, there was no, it, it, there's uh, nothing about this has ever is, been beautiful. Yeah. No, beautiful. I, that's the absolute wrong word. But whatever reason yeah. Biden but is like, saying, we're like going to be of it, out right? of here like, by he wants the, to like, well, yeah. yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're, moment, we're like, we'll look back and we'll be like, we did it. Whatever it was, we're not going to talk about, but we it, definitely <laughs> did it. Leaving but, Afghanistan is the new invading Afghanistan. Yeah, God, Instead, 20 years God. later, we left and nothing has been accomplished. Some stuff I, has been accomplished. I mean, a lot of bad things it, have been accomplished. It kind of depends on your definition of accomplish. I know. Um, I have been chatting a little bit with um, uh, an, an anarchist activist in Afghanistan, an, an Afghan woman. Um, and I've got a little bit on that. I'm still getting. Her response is translated, so I think we'll Afghanarchist, yeah. Um, she's currently trying to get out of the country because um, yeah. all hope is more or less lost. Yes, but, many uh, people would like to leave the country now. Yeah, many people would like um, to get the fuck out. Mm. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, probably in a later episode, um, I'll, I'll kind of give more of her responses because I'm, I'm still getting them. It's a whole chain of translations that need to happen right. in order to make this. But um, I think it might be interesting to start, I think it might be valuable to start kind of with each of our, like, when did you first learn that Afghanistan was a place? I'm going to guess it was around 9-11 for it all It was around of us. 9-11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of curious as to everyone, like, just kind of what was, what were y'all, because we, we haven't talked about, like, you know, 
were you doing on 9-11? What were you doing when mm-hmm. we just when we started this yeah. now endless series of wars? My dad woke me up in the morning, 9-11, uh, and I was in high school to watch the news coverage. And, we were, and we went to school and got to first period, and they sent everybody home. And uh, a bunch of my girlfriends came over, and we continued to watch the news during the day. And... Um, Felt very afraid, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with the, the marketing. Yeah, it was bizarre. Uh, similarly, I was, I was, I was in high school. Media. The, uh, uh, yeah, we were. I guess it was like a three-hour difference, so that actually makes sense. Uh, that I was mm-hmm. not woken up and told about it. I was in class, and then they like, you know, every class rolled in the TV uh, to watch. I had one class where the teacher was like, "No, we're not, we're not thinking about that. We're doing school," and that didn't go well. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very surreal. Um, and at that age, you also don't have like a, a super solid uh, grasp of the world, right? And you don't know yet to question, or at least I didn't. No, to question like, what you're being told. I, I think one of the things that's harder for you know younger folks or folks who kind of you know maybe were too young to really be super cognizant of that time. You go back at the how hysterical all of the media was and. I think there's two things that are necessary, which one of which is understanding that, yes, all of the adults in our world at that period of time lost their goddamn minds mm. entirely, or nearly all. There were some people who were desperately trying to be voices of sanity, but nobody listened to them. Yeah, there um, were a few. Yeah. yeah, but as a child, like I think I was like 13 when that happened. It was perfectly reasonable to be like blindly terrified, because as a child, you take your cues from the adults around you, and when those those planes hit the towers in the Pentagon, every single adult in my world lost their entire goddamn mind for months. Like people were were out of their gourds. Um, kids in my high school, or not high school, in my middle school, were like panicked that Al Qaeda was going to attack our suburban mm-hmm. middle school and stuff. Like, and that was those were pretty common reactions. Um, yeah. Especially since, I mean, we started this by you asking us when was the first time we'd heard of Afghanistan or, uh, you know, and obviously we were kids, so that's part of it. But in general, America is not a place that is concerned with uh, what is happening in other places. So I would say that a lot of the adults in our lives, yeah, if people know very little about the region now, they knew virtually nothing then. Yeah, they, they, I mean, it's hard to say because they knew... They thought they knew. I mean, they should less. They may yeah. know less now because of how much disinformation there is. But whatever. Um, uh, yes, yes. But you get my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's you know people lost their minds and there was this like it, what people have been sharing kind of some of the images from popular magazines like that famous drawing of like Osama bin Laden's cave fortress that never mm. existed like just yeah. just it was complete fancy like somebody paid a graphic designer to draw like a fucking D and D castle under a mountain in Afghanistan <laughs> um, and then everyone was convinced that like bin Laden was a part of, had a whole army there in the he like the motherfucker left almost immediately. Like I'll and it was like the realities of the situation. Um, right? You can you can talk about how much blame gets apportioned to the Taliban for nine eleven, but at the end of the day, a lot of them and and like most of the Taliban leadership were very unhappy with Bin Laden because like they didn't want a hornet's nest kicked up. Um, and in fact, the Taliban made an offer in two thousand one, like, hey, 
we'll give you the guy. Like we'll we'll fucking get him for you. Like you don't have to you don't have to come in here and fuck up our shit. And you know, there were peace overtures, there were and you can it's one of those things I think prior to what's happening now when you would try to tell people like, hey, the Taliban tried to give them up. They were willing to like negotiate and talk and even potentially form a coalition government to avoid years of war. Folks would say, well, it's the Taliban. They were clearly lying. They never would have agreed mm. to any arrangement. Like they would have wound up in charge anyway. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, that was but the they still wound like, up in charge and it cost us $3 billion. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was maybe, the rationale. Maybe though. we could have tried. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we could have fucking it was, tried. They're not, they're not giving yeah. him up. Uh, so we got to mm-hmm. go. Um, but they absolutely offered to give him. Anyway, I don't know. It's um, it's it all very silly. Very... I mean, like, you know, freedom fries, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think that I think the reaction from adults kind of helped me quickly realize how silly the whole thing was. Yeah. Like looking around I was like, wait, what is what? What did this do to you? And like, why are we even doing this? But then yeah. 20 years passed and babies from that period. Yeah. And like people for whom the actual, like there were, they, they, they did a pretty good job. They being the Bush administration of convincing people in the immediate lead up to the war that like we were in immediate danger. And like Mm -hmm. this was, and that was obviously nonsense. I'm not saying there was anything to it, but they convinced a lot of people of this, but most of the soldiers who have fought over there, like at, at can't like many of them probably can't even remember a time in which they legitimately believed that there was a threat emanating from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a place where we sent young men to get hurt and to hurt other people um, for unclear reasons. Yeah, the, and, the uh, vague specter of terrorism. Yeah, and you, you know, there's always people, you find a reason. Some of it is like there were, I know a lot of guys over there, you know, you 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 find ties with with locals with like Afghan commandos with um you know uh uh activists in the re- people who are trying to like improve their lives and you kind of focus on that little narrow thing but there's never been um there's never been a cohesive like vision for what we should have been doing there other than that one brief moment of panic and that's carried us into there for the last 20 years and part of the reason why is that, like, as soon as we invaded Afghanistan, it became obvious to even the irrationally exuberant that, like, this was not going to be a clean or an easy process, and there was probably never going to be the kind of PR victory where you, you know, you get... We knew that uh, at the beginning. Yeah, mo- anyone Within reasonable like a couple years, a yeah. year. <laughs> well, yeah, very immediately we were like, oh, this is this is a bad idea. Well, if, the, and so, if, the, if the quote enemy is like this sort of amorphous like yeah concept, then like what's the what are the conditions for victory? What do you win? What's the thing that needs to happen for you to say we did it? Because also, if we went in specifically because mm-hmm. we wanted to get Bin Laden, like, well, we'll we will, but then we go in. He we got he's we dead. Did it. We did, we did it. Twelve years and also, ago. However long ago, he'd been out of the country for years by the time yeah, we got. We didn't. Yeah. He didn't die in Afghanistan. <laughs> no, he did not. It's it's all like there's so many frustrating aspects to it. But it, it's one of those. I guess what I was getting at is like one of the things that's most frustrating to me right now is that all of the coverage of what a disaster this is is focused on either Trump, if you're mm-hmm. a, a, a Biden supporter, or Biden, if you're a Trump supporter, it is- and. 
Well, it's got to be one or the other. Uh, it a, is little, a, little, a little tricky minx named George W. Bush has just kind of skittered away from accountability. It's like really a fucking possum stealing okay. garbage Remarkable in the night. And it's and so very frustrating. frustrating. Um, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the How things, is this happening? <laughs> one of I mean, the even things Obama, Obama was president for eight years and said, yeah. you know, and, many I mean, times he, that we're going to stop. We're going to get out. And he increased and, our military presence there. Yeah. He had a surge that was a disaster. He had it because like, look, the the bulk of the blame, in, in my opinion, if you're if you're apportioning blame to presidents as presidents. And and I want to stay here for the purposes of Biden. I'm talking about his blame as president as opposed to like whatever you want to apportion to him as, you know, a member of the of Congress. Congress. Right, Congress during the time, yeah. But as a as presidents, the blame in order of most to least goes in the actual order of the presidents. Most right, blame, exactly, yeah. George W. Bush. <laughs> second most, Obama. Third most, Trump. Fourth most, Biden, right? Like that's because... And, and and really, Obama does deserve a lot of focus and blame because he did have a choice as to whether and is this going to be a fuck up the Republicans did that like I'm we're 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 out. This was a bad idea from the beginning. Um, we never had a plan, and I'm not going to just keep murdering people for for nothing in the mm-hmm. desert. Um, and well, not the desert, but I'm not going to keep murdering people for nothing. I'm not going to just like escalate these drone strikes. I'm not going. I'm not going to. Fight. It was Obama who made. Bush made the decision. Well, it's, it's, to it's accepting the framing yeah. of of the situation. Yeah. Like it's saying, it, like, well, you know, it was they're doing it wrong, but yeah. we should still be there. We still have to be there. Also, per- it, it, yeah, it's accepting the framing, and it was also what Obama did was found a way to make it sustainable. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that in like a financial sense, but I mean in a public um, public opinion sense. He found a way to keep the war going and keep the killing going be- without. Enough, but in such a way that few enough American soldiers died that it it was never new because because right. we didn't want to be upset or people in general, uh, you know, who would generally be upset with the war, love Obama and look away. That's the years of complacency. Those are the years where everyone's like, I'm tired of being upset. Let's yeah. just like yeah. live our lives. So bad. Lunch. Yeah. And it's not so yeah. bad. And I we trust Obama. Wanna... Obama's a good guy. He's going to make the right choices. Yeah. Um, I would push back just slightly on your framing of, of um, order of responsibility and say that Trump and Biden are tied. <laughs> In my um, mind, maybe not. I just think that the way that this is, we can, we'll, we'll unpack this. We're going to have to take a break yeah, soon. But I, I do mean, not uh, appreciate the way that this has rolled out in uh, the complete and utter failure to properly care for our allies and the people that we need to be protecting right now because because he already blew through the deadline that trump established and has already you know but also what are all of these months all of these months since that may 1st deadline etc and there's plenty to talk about but did you if you listen to his speech which i did it was fucking nonsense like one of the one of the key claims he made is like well we couldn't evacuate them because they didn't want to leave yet. That they is unbelievable. And it was like, Joe, that is there disgusting. were 18,000 Afghans waiting mm-hmm. for special immigrant visas denied because the visa system, and in fairness, 
It was the Trump administration that fucked up the sure. visa system more than it had been fucked up. But you could have pushed that shit. You could have you expedited that. Like you're the president it, of the United States. Is it, at is least it like you've the got, whole the whole framing we have of got yeah. two thousand Afghans out, right? Roughly, roughly as a, like when since the the start of the poll, we got about two thousand of our of the Afghans who were working with us out. 18,000 of them had said prior to Biden taking office, I, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've known. And like the whole yeah. point, like the whole framing of like Biden <laughs> as president is like, yeah. we're back. We're going to yeah. fix all yeah. the things that we all said were bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously that wasn't going to be the case. But my God, no. saying we... that like, well, some, they don't all want to go. Fuck uh, you. Uh, I mean, fuck, let's, fuck you, Joe. Unbelievable. <laughs> we should we should take a quick break and then come back and talk a lot about this yeah. mixed messaging because there's yeah. plenty. To you be know said. whose messaging on Afghanistan is entirely consistent? Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin. Raytheon. Our primary sponsors: Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. Diet Cola. Who say Taliban? Schmaliban. As long as they need targeting software for drone-based missiles. We don't care who they are. We're your That's the Taliban. Lockheed Raytheon guarantee. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Everything is so dumb, 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 And we're back. And we love it. We love, we, we love it, folks. We love to be back, don't um, we, folks? Um, yeah. I know. So we like, were talking about Biden and his speech and the Joe blame Biden? shifting uh, and, you know, 18,000 um, Afghanistan 
citizens did not want to leave their country. And then there's also the line of, well, we needed people there. Otherwise, it would have not instilled confidence that we believed the Afghan government would succeed. Mm. So there's that. Um, oh, yes, performative all, confidence. Then, Very good. Yes, and shift in the bucked Donald Trump, all of it. I love... Uh... There's a Kamala Harris tweet today. And like this is sort of the general framing is oh. like now well, now Kehar the saying? now the import like now the mission is to get people out. Now? Now it was Pardon pardon me? Um you you just you just thought of this? And the uh, the other part of his speech that really upset me. <laughs> I don't have the direct quote. But was the framing of it. So Biden has assured assured the public and has talked about how uh, the government would last, how it would, at least for a while, that the Taliban wouldn't take things over immediately. And he was obviously very, very wrong. But in the speech, he mentioned how uh, he, he put that on uh, Afghanistan. <laughs> he well, said, yeah, they they're, not, like, they're not willing to do it. What? They're not willing and ready to fight. They don't care enough it's, yeah it's, it is disgusting and that's, that's that's particularly i want to find the the statistic i was looking at but like uh there's a lot of when we'll talk about them a lot of i mean the the afghan military was on balance a fucking disaster largely at sort of the operational command level um but a lot of afghan security forces died fighting um as of april they were taking 30 to 50 sometimes mm -hmm. more casualties a day um, and that was without logistical support. They lost more people in the last like year than the U.S. did in the entire war. Like to say that they they were not fighting yeah, no, is tens inaccurate. of thousands of people. Like it's it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Like yeah, they were fighting. And At least a lot of them were fighting. They also had no legit. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about. We why have created this situation. <laughs> yeah, we create so. The Afghan military was built in imitation of the U.S. military in certain ways. And, and by that, so the way the U.S. military functions and what makes it so, so deadly in an operational capacity, at kind of like a unit level, um, is that we have a very effective combined arms strategy. So you've got, you've got your infantry, you've got your armored units, you've got field artillery, and you've got air support, and they all kind of... Um, and drone support, and they all kind of, they act to provide each other with information, um, to provide each other with fire support. It's it's a very effective way of, of fighting that they've developed over the last couple of decades. And we built the Afghan military in imitation of that. The problem with that kind of military is that it requires an enormous logistic tail and significant number of people for every one fighter in the field, not only people to like keep the the infantry and stuff supplied but like you need people to maintain the drones you need people to fly the drones you need people to interpret the signal information the drones are getting you need people to maintain the aircraft that are providing close support you need people to load those craft you need people to pilot them you need people to maintain the armored vehicles and whatnot you need all of this logistical tail um which we never trained or equipped we used mercenaries pmcs to do all that work in afghanistan um, and we did that because those PMCs were major donors to U.S. politicians and very influential mm. in the Defense Department, and it was hugely profitable for them. That's what one of the most disgusting things is that like Fox brought Eric Prince, mercenary warlord, on to talk about like oh, why Biden good. had fucked up, and he was like, "Well, people like me weren't listened to." And the reality is that uh. <laughs> a huge chunk of why the strategy, like we always, basically the entire time we were in Afghanistan, there were more PMCs in country than U.S. servicemen and women. 
And part of the reason for that is that they're deniable assets. It doesn't matter how many of those fuckers die. It doesn't matter what happens to them or what you do with them because none of that needs to be reported, right? Every U.S. soldier who dies, that's a matter of public record, right? You have a right to information about that. It doesn't matter if it's some Blackwater motherfucker. And Prince was one of the, was the, the number one dude who lobbied to make our, to, to lobbied for things to work that way in both Afghanistan and Iraq. And that's how things worked in both Afghanistan and Iraq. And the downside of that is that when Biden pulled out, he pulled those PMCs out. He pulled that logistical support out. So not only did the Afghan military lose U.S. air support and U.S. fighters, they lost access to the people who made their logistical tail possible. And there was just no real chance that they were going to continue functioning. Now, there were other issues. For one thing, there were something like 10,000 generals in the Afghan military, which numbered about 300,000, 350,000 people, which is ridiculous. And I, I encountered similar things in Iraq, right? You meet all these people who are like, quote unquote, generals. And the reality is that like, there's somebody's cousin, there's somebody's uncle, they're, they're mm. getting, and they're, they're, they're grifters, right? A huge amount, basically everyone at the top of the Afghan military was a grifter. And the way it works is like, those guys, the high ranking dudes are getting kickbacks from these PMCs and from, from sometimes straight from the State Department and the Defense Department. And they're grifting money from all these, you know, oh, Halliburton comes in to build a hospital and they pay this, this local warlord or this general a bunch of money and he arranges security. And uh, he also gets, so the Afghan government says like, okay, you're in charge of 10,000 men. Here's their payment. Here's the salary for these 10,000 troopers. You have to hand it to them. And so you decide as this corrupt asshole, like, well, I'm getting paid for 10,000 dudes. What if I just have 1,000 dudes and I pocket mm -hmm. the salary for, and so that was, and that was, the same thing happened in, you know, when Mosul was taken by ISIS. It was like, there's supposed to be like 10,000 Iraqi army soldiers well-equipped with US weapons in the city and like 1,500 ISIS guys defeated them. And it's because there was actually like nobody there because mm -hmm. like the whole army was existed on paper for the process of getting a couple of people rich, right? So there's a, there is a, a huge amount of blame for the people in the top of the Afghan military. And that's important to talk about because in part, the reason why it was that way is because we let it be that way because right. we want it because it was very profitable for a lot of Americans for it to be that way. Um, and so that should be acknowledged and it should be, in fact, people should be punished for it over here. Um, but saying they weren't willing to fight for it ignores, again, the tens of thousands of Afghan soldiers who died fighting, um, yeah. which is pretty fucked up, uh, IMO. It, 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 it is fucked up. It is just, uh. I mean, it's, it's, it's destroying, uh, I mean, we already have no legitimacy anyway, but this just further does it for us. We're not doing yeah. great. We're not sending uh, our best. We, yeah, we never, I mean, um, one of the things that's interesting to me, there's this, this thing that's actually kind of admirable about the military, um, which is that if you actually read a lot of their, their documentation, it's extremely accurate and extremely clear minded. This has been the case for climate change, right? For like yes. fifteen or twenty years, the Defense Department this, this has is been the putting Vice out <laughs> article that you sent us. Everyone, yeah, check well, there's yeah. the Afghanistan yeah. papers that, like, the yes, and that was stuff Flew that they by. did try to hide, like that. Right, the Afghanistan right, right. is like because obviously, and I'm, I'm not saying there's a lot of blame in DOD. A lot of particularly like all of our high ranking military leaders over there were attempting to hide the problem, but they also were producing a significant amount of documentation that any American could have access to know how thing, fucked up things were, which is not to, the Afghanistan Papers is a fascinating story the Washington Post got, and there's a lot of malfeasance on behalf of the DOD, 
But this Vice article, which was written by Matthew Galt, um, include like it is just sort of it, it's talking about specifically um, the uh, what's the acronym here? Uh, Cigar. Oh, Cigar. Yeah. So yeah. the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, which was a government agency that started keeping track of the war and its material costs in two thousand eight, um, and so they've been they've been you know primarily investigating the hundred and forty four billion dollars the U.S. put aside for reconstruction. So this was just covering kind of. U.S. efforts to build a functional state and economy in Afghanistan, not like after, not fighting and stuff, like specifically our attempts to actually make Afghanistan a functioning country. And like 12 years of these documents, not a single piece of good news, like just a, an unmitigated disaster. One of the stories- Like Galt embarrassing stuff. Like, like shameful. Really? I'm, I'm just going to quote Talk directly from it about story. the goats. Yeah. <laughs> the goats. Yeah. This is Matthew Galt writing. Whenever I think about the U.S. government's failure in Afghanistan, I remember the GOATS. In 2013, a government project meant to kickstart Afghanistan's economy granted Colorado State University $1.5 million to start a goat farm in Herat Province, Afghanistan. It bought five cashmere-producing Italian goats and transported them to Afghanistan for the purposes of breeding them in large numbers and turning Afghanistan into a cashmere-producing hotspot. But CSU ran into problems immediately. It had 300 goats, only nine of them the expensive cashmere goats from Italy. The college was bad at farming, and the expensive Italian <laughs> goats caught a disease that killed most of them. Worst, they were spending $50,000 a year to feed the rest, an incredible amount of cash to spend on an animal that will eat almost anything. When CSU tried to turn the farm over to locals and told them that what they were spending to feed the goats, the Afghans called the farm a poisoned chalice. <laughs> Keep in mind that Afghan farms have been raising goats for generations and already had cashmere-producing animals <laughs> according to a goat expert who testified in the fallout the college had no idea what they were doing and the csu staff determined what the project should cost despite no one at csu having any experience with cashmere i feel Deeply like i know 30 people who could have done this project on their own for 50 grand total because yep. again not hard to keep goats alive also, what is <laughs> they're, this they're White, goats <laughs> white savior bullshit of like the yeah. school project of let's go there the and afghans bring them just goats. don't know how We're to raise goats teach them about the goats and just they've, the they've been they raising like, goats longer uh, than you have known about goats. raising <laughs> goats this the sentence raising goats for generations and already had cashmere producing animals yeah. what are you give, doing and again it's yeah it's and everything, every single attempt to like build up the economy, to build up like, so yeah, there was a, th this is also from a cigar report and this came out in 2016 and it was about the Gardez Hospital, which was a hospital that the United States built uh, in the uh, Paktia province in Eastern Afghanistan um, as part of our, you know, efforts to, to nation build. Um, it was built to treat civilians. Construction began in 2008 as part of a three-year contract uh, with the U.S. Agency for International Development, um, and it was supposed to be handed over to the Afghan Ministry of Health in 2011. Uh, that never happened. Uh, for one thing, the completion date kept being pushed back first to 2013. Um, as a result of issues with an Afghan building contractor. In October of 2013, when it was supposed to be done, Sigar found that they had overpaid the contractor by half a million dollars for diesel fuel alone. Um, and so this caused like a bunch of issues. By the uh, summer of 2014, the hospital still was not completed. It was supposed to be done in 2011. Um, well, it took another year and a half time. for the hospital to be completed. Um, the almost done hospital cost the U.S. $14.6 million, and then an inspection immediately after construction by SIGAR auditors 
found 42 construction deficiencies, uh, quote, despite millions of dollars, and this is from an NPR article, despite millions of dollars in years of work, parts of the roof were leaking or contained standing water. Doors were missing handles. One of the water towers was leaking. The hospital had not been reinforced to withstand earthquakes. The hospital was built on the active Chayman fault line. Fire alarms were missing in some parts of the hospital, and if there was a fire, there was no emergency lighting. Some exit signs pointed in the wrong direction. Like is that um is that a ton- bad for yeah. like a hospital or yeah it's not great um, okay it's just okay. a tiny example but well I don't worry we'll just bomb of, the hospital eventually yeah it's it's full of hospitals that like either never got built or were never built practically it, it, I wanna, it's just there's a million of these stories can I read right, one like, more yeah, from this cutting, Vice article cutting corners yeah. yeah this is one more from the Vice article there was Camp Leatherneck. A U.S. Yeah. Marine base in Helmand Province. It cost $36 million to construct the 64,000-square-foot command center. It came with an air conditioning system, expensive electronics, and office furniture. The U.S. never used it and couldn't decide if it should demolish, <laughs> demolish the facility or turn it over to the Afghans. The Pentagon eventually turned it over to the Afghan National Army, leaving behind 420,000 water bottles, but setting fire to 10,000 MREs and destroying 7,500 computers. The Pentagon left <laughs> yeah. the televisions untouched. They just lit the, just destroyed all the computers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like the it's fucking so audacity. Fucked. Like yeah. just like the, invade your uh, Take just, them out. Uh, unbelievable. Take the computers with you. And, and just like that, but just like the debate of like yeah. they weren't sure if they should demolish it Ugh. or turn it like After yeah. Why are you there? What are you doing there? $36 million to demolish it? Unbelievable. Anyway, I, I just really wanted to share that one as well. Oh, there's the other one about the facilities that they made that they uh, put something that they like sealed it with. Yeah, they insulate, insulated it with flammable, uh, flammable uh, and, and polyurethane. They never changed it. They said that the soldiers staying there are fit and fast. They could get out quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not funny at all. So well, one of the things depressing. that is important Important to understand is the we talk about how the the the, the military industrial complex is a big grift. How like the, all these wars are grifts. I don't think people understand the degree how shameless. There's this idea that the grifts are like you know congressmen and defense contractors working out in exchange for votes. You know we'll make sure there's jobs or we'll keep producing these tanks in your area or like you know this idea that like yeah you're hiring mercenaries and like so these companies profit there or you're you're taking the oil or something like. And, and, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But when I'm talking about the degree to which the war on terror was a shameless grift, there's the best story that 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 kind of illustrates that came from Iraq in 2007, which is the largest transfer of cash in the history of the Federal Reserve was done in Iraq. And it was done after the invasion when the United States flew $12 billion in shrink-wrapped $100 bills into the country and then lost it, just gone, just like 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 what, handed how, out, what was the stolen twelve billion dollars. Oh the, my! The largest transfer of cash in Federal Reserve history. It was some of it was supposed to be spent. It was spent in a variety of ways, but like we didn't account for most of it. Like we really don't know where a big some of it was just taken. Like pallets just taken from airports and shit. Some of it was spent, you know, on bribes and spent to like pay for stuff, but like. 
most of the funds, like a significant majority, were lost to corruption and waste. Thousands of people who did not exist were receiving pay, and it was like the money was just taken and handed to Iraqi elites or handed to like God knows who, probably a bunch of fucking foreigners in the country too, uh, and Americans. There was like there was a single five hundred million dollar expenditure in security funding. Uh, the explanation for which was lit- listed on a memo as TBD, which means to be determined. Uh, $500 million that were paid out for reasons to be figured just out like, later. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We we'll want, figure we out why we, we need spent it. We need half it. a billion dollars. We need it like, for... Um, again, <laughs> this is... F- and like when I say like these wars are grifts, I'm not even just talking about like the high level, oh, you've got these kind of congressmen talking with Lockheed Martin executives about like how to deal with appropriations contracts. I'm saying we flew $12 billion in cash and... L- and no one knows where it went. Yeah, it just it just it just gone. <laughs> like, it's money money pits. I mean, it, uh, it yeah. could have ended up anywhere. money and death pits. Uh, money and death pits. Yeah, just shameless incompetent grifts. And like, I don't know. There's so much that's fucking infuriating. One of the things that's frustrating is we started talking about this earlier. Like the extent to which Afghanistan was like the big story in America for a few months after the invasion, and then. We just, because it became clear that, like, nothing good was going to come out of U.S. fuckery in that country. And there's no And so we pivoted to Iraq, you know? Yeah. Well, right. And it was a a sort of acceptance, like, that's, you know, it's the forever war, right? It's It's just the thing. It's the thing that we do. It it quickly turned into, like, yeah, we're just there now. And that's just how it is. And, again, nobody wanted to pay attention to it. Nobody wanted to think about the unpleasant thing. Or to pay attention to the fact that we're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the thing that's fucked up about what you just said, Katie, is that um, I don't, I don't know that this is going to matter in terms of Mm -hmm. next year's election or the next presidential election. Like, obviously, the Republicans are trying to make this like a thing to, to hit Biden with and, you know. Plenty to criticize Biden on, but I don't know that anyone's going to give a shit. I don't know well, that's that true. there is any degree. I don't know that there is any degree of botching shit in Afghanistan that could have actually hurt a U.S. president because mm-hmm. we just don't give a shit. Um, voters don't like. We'll see. Maybe this has been a big enough fuck up that it will have an impact. But like, um, I mean, Bush I don't got reelected. That Bush got reelected. <laughs> like, Obama got reelected after yeah. the surge, which was a, an unmitigated disaster in Afghanistan. Um, because we just but nobody Americans was really paying attention. But yeah, I I don't think that this. I think that everybody will forget about this in a month, um, and yeah. move on to the next thing, or not forget about it, but they'll forget they'll bring it. they'll bring it up. It's just one wonders if yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the truth is, is the like, truth is, is that this was going to happen. I mean, not to, not the execution of how this happened didn't have to be this way but we knew they've known despite what biden said <laughs> mm. yeah and they, i, I we've am... always known what was going to happen when the u.s well they're going to they're going to turn they're going to yeah. use it like uh i mean you know who knows next year what <laughs> what that worst year ever will bring uh or well, you know I, a couple i'm excited years from, for the giant couple, spiders cody yeah a couple worst year ever's from now um mm-hmm. but uh you know they're already they're going to be using it not as like we should get out or we didn't get out well or this or this it's the now it's going to be the refugee thing right like mm-hmm. the bringing people in 
that will uh, make us less white. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's some actually it, it, I, I, I wanted to bring up yeah. real quick, just like hold on a second, hold on, hold on, bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's baby. what I was. Yeah, that is what I wanted to bring up. Yeah, baby. And then, thank you for bringing up the ads. And then once we bring up the ads, you can bring up whatever yeah. other thing you wanted to bring oh, up. Whatever. Be right back. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back. Did it happen? We came, we came back? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had we some built great back ads. Better. We built, built back, back better. better. Uh, we are now supported by uh, Halliburton. Um, mm-hmm. Who, and they're uh, fine, let me, fine cashmere. Let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me read this, this new ad for us. Hey, Cody, Katie, have you guys heard of the island nation of Haiti? Uh-huh. Mm. You know what would go really well with an island nation of Haiti? Mm. A bunch of miniature American flags and a 20-year occupation that funnels tens of billions of dollars into an oil contractor and its subsidiaries. Ayo. I wasn't, that wasn't what I was going to say, but I'll take your word for it. The official stance of worst year ever is, let's get, Haiti, let's get on in there. Just get on, <laughs> get on, get on in there. Use a uh, promo code. Where else could we go? Yeah. What else are we going to do? What else, where else are we going <laughs> to put our stuff? Cody, what did you want to bring up? Oh, uh, it's not even, it's just going to keep happening. Uh, there's a. <laughs> the, That's the, every the, problem. You're right. Don't all, bring it up then. All the things. Um, no, like the, uh, the, the, the Tucker Carlson of it all, the right wing sort of reaction to this and sort of using it for their weird. What have uh, they been saying? Bullshit. I'm sure it's been productive. I mean, the, the, what you expect, um, 
there's there's a tendency to sometimes uh, on some people uh, to be like, at least Tucker's anti-imperialist. And I just want people to realize and understand and and keep understanding. He's not. He would be imperial. He doesn't think these places deserve our help. He thinks they're, to quote Tucker Carlson, semi-illiterate primitive monkeys. That's a direct quote from him. Um, he doesn't think, uh, he wants to get out because it's a waste of American soldiers. Um, if there was another nation <laughs> that was worthy, he would be all for invading that country. Um, and he's just turned, it's, it's just frustrating. We don't need to talk about him. We've talked about him before on the show. Uh, we all know, um, it's just this, uh, using vague, like I'm, and I'm, I'm anti-war. No, he's not. He's anti certain wars. Yeah. Um, he's anti wars that don't make him feel good. Um, yeah. Um, and, and now it's just going to be like the whole, like, uh, now, uh, even like Charlie Kirk's like, they, they actually, they did this. They did this specifically so they can bring a bunch of refugees in and change yeah. our demographics. Yeah. Stephen like, Miller's mm. saying that shit too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's why, that's why it happened. Apparently, um, uh, Trump, uh, scrubbed like they, <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. He, he pulled up purged references to, <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I think we're all on the same page about this. I also think we should have gotten the fuck out of Afghanistan. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I am not famously, <laughs> Cody, you and I have had some debates over this. I'm not actually categorically against, like, intervention necessarily, because I've been to some places where it uh, the, pe the people there were like, yeah, this is why my family's alive. Um, it's clear that intervention in Afghanistan was, you know, there are things that are worse because the, a lot of things that are worse because the Taliban are in charge, but you also have to take into account we were bombing shitloads of people. Civilian casualties continue to raise throughout the war, raised significantly during, he was, I mean, we, we were, so it, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not just, because the Taliban are going door-to-door, -door, murdering female journalists, murder, murdering, like, people who were uh, political leaders, women's rights activists, like, horrible shit is happening. Horrible shit was also happening before, and I, I just, I think we had to get the fuck out. I, I'm very supportive of, of not. Absolutely. But also there are, I think the, the best count I've heard is at least about 90,000 Afghans who had worked with uh, the U.S. government, who had worked with journalists, who were, you know, women's rights activists, people who needed to be evacuated. And that should have been the number one priority once before, Biden. If, beforehand. Yes, and that, that would have been you a could part have made, of this plan, yeah. a part of this extension, a part of this not meeting the fucking yeah. deadline. Sorry, go ahead, Robert. Yeah, yeah. well, no, it, you, there's you, a thing. Yeah, yeah. you could they, have made they, they brought Joe this Biden. up too. Yeah, uh, like the Biden and Harris administration yeah. have brought this up. They knew. About, like, yeah. so, about they both they brought like up this general idea too in regards to like South American countries, mm. um, and and like the global South and like how we we contribute to these issues that bring people here mm. we cause these problems and that like what do you think is happening in afghanistan oh Why, they know and they know there's, um, there's information that just leaked out that like they one of the reasons why they did not start the evacuation earlier to get more people out is because they were worried about being hit with yeah. that during the midterms um with like bringing in oh. immigrants and shit um <laughs> yeah oh, Cowards! It's, oh, it's, god. It's, it's great oh my god they, there 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 was absolutely a way joe biden could have taken a principled even courageous moral stance saying hey this was a mistake a lot of american 
elected leaders made. I have my own part in that. I am not going to continue that mistake. I am not going to pass this on to a fifth American president. We are getting out and we are going to devote enormous resources to making sure that all of the tens of thousands of people who worked with us get out safely because we can't, because we fucked up and they shouldn't pay for that fuck up. And that would have been a, a principled moral stance that I think reasonable people would have all been like, all right, well, that's the best you can do. Not yeah. like, like yes. the war was a disaster long before you were president. At least we got these people out, whatever. Um, that's, a, that would have been, I think the way to handle it. Like I, it, you know, would have been I'm a better s- way. I, I'm not saying we should have stayed in Afghanistan for another four years. I think getting out was the right thing to do, but there was a way to do that ethically um, and try to end on a note that was less craven selfish and, and evil than the rest of the war had been and flat that would have out actually em- been flat out embarrassing yeah we could have as opposed we could have ended a war based primarily upon funneling cash to defense contractors um and burnishing political reputations selfishly we could have ended this incredibly selfish criminal war with a gesture of like the best we can do is rescue these people um mm-hmm. and and at least we will end this on a note of not enriching ourselves at their expense and yet, um, uh, and yet, yeah, and yet. <laughs> that's not I, what I, happened. Sorry, I know why people, am I even talking about how things could have worked? What? People, people <laughs> have pointed this out a lot, but I think I just will uh, for us as well. Just how wrong Biden has been at every juncture. Oh, it's amazing. Over the past twenty years, you know, mm. I mean, getting involved with this in the first place, trying to like have us not. He didn't want to go in and kill Osama bin Laden. You know, the the assurances that, you know, the government will hold and that the Taliban won't advance. Uh, this whole process of extricating ourselves and the decision to not remove um, all, all of these people, not just the people that helped us, but their families. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, it's just craven and shameful. And, it, and it's, it's, you know... It's craven and shameful all the way down. Every single mm-hmm. U.S. leader who has had really, and, and I include all of the military brass in this too, um, just a, 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 a pyramid of shit um, from fucking Bush a documented pyramid of shit. Obama and like no documented. And no- Documented by the shitters, right? And the, knowing while and they like were the sh- pooping, they wrote down who they were pooping on and how they were badly like, we're pooping it smelled. On this. And yeah. also writing it like in the margins, like, and we shouldn't be doing this. Like, this we shouldn't be horrible. pooping right now. This is we're bad. pooping this right is- on these people. Yeah, like just every step of the way, knowing that it's not working, knowing that it's a failure, um, but presenting it as though it's not. Like, we're making progress here. We're doing this. We're staying the course. All that kind of stuff. It's like, but you, yeah. Know. No, I don't know. It's so fucking bad. And it's, you know, there's there's no way people will correctly point out that, like, for one thing, we have not, uh, we're not going to spend nearly enough time here just talking about the suffering of regular Afghan people, not just now, but through the entire war. This is such a big subject. The scale of the fuck up is so big. There's there's no covering this in an hour, you know? Right. Um, but it's it's just... Ah, man, it's so fucking bleak. Um, I wish we didn't do terrible things uh, mm. incompetently. We could um, do good things instead. Yeah. Um, or good things what, sound uh, nice. Stay the course, I guess. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. It's incredibly depressing. We've just said that over and over again. Um, yeah. I, and um, we will, I mean, I think we'll probably continue to talk about this and talk to people. I would love to bring um, one of your contacts in. And Robert, I'm very grateful that we host this show with you because you have much more um, expertise in this area than most people out here commenting yeah, I, on it. I'm so, not particularly knowledgeable about Afghanistan. I always wanted to get over there. I never managed to, you know, ironically, right now is probably about the safest time in our mm. lives to be a, a foreign journalist in Afghanistan. Um, like you've got these people, you know, from like CNN and stuff who are over there like filming and people are talking about like how dangerous. It's really not right now because the Taliban, number one, is in control and number two, don't want to kill foreign right. journalists right they now. Are they're going to do their starting best. their big press thing. Like those right. people are, I right. think, they're like talking about inclusivity yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they, they, not, this is their chance to, yeah. um, you know, not alarm the world yeah. anymore and hope to be legitimized, which they yeah. have a chance of doing, especially with like China and Russia. Yeah. I would yeah. say, but I don't Abs know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'll, I mean, there's a lot of resources in Afghanistan to sell that have been like Eric Prince was trying to get like a massive rare earth mineral operation going in there. And like, yeah. at no point was shit stable enough under the U S occupation to do it. But the Taliban probably can, it, it, it guarantee enough stability to extract shit, I'm sure. Um, or at least there's a decent chance, um, yeah, which isn't a good thing. It's just a thing that'll probably happen. Right. Um, it's, um, I don't know. You know, there's a, a couple of things that keep running through my head thinking about this. One of them is my favorite work of foreign journalism about the war in Afghanistan, which is Sebastian Younger's book, War. Um, and he, he wrote it during, there was a, a single U.S., army platoon that was embedded in the Korangal Valley, which is the was, was the furthest, I think, north point. It was the furthest out point that the U.S. had any combat outposts in Afghanistan. And we picked that, that specific outpost because it was like 100 feet further than the British ever got. Like, that was literally like why we put those guys there. They were there for a year, and in the year those 30 guys were in Afghanistan, that unit of, again, 30 dudes was involved in about a quarter of all U.S. firefights in Afghanistan, like they, a tremendous amount of combat. And Younger was there for about six months of the year they were there, and he, he, he was there with um, uh, Tim Hetherington, his photojournalist friend, and they, they talked to those guys during you know, the period of combat and stayed with them for years afterwards. And Younger wrote this book, War, that's a very good meditation on what combat does to people. Um, and there's a, a line in there about the Javelin missile, which is a, a, a very advanced kind of uh, man-portable missile that we, we issue soldiers for blowing shit up, you know, when they're out in the field. Um, and the line is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, a Javelin missile costs $80,000. The fact that it is fired by a man who doesn't make that in a year at a man who won't make that in a lifetime is so ridiculous it almost makes the war seem mm. winnable. Mm -hmm. Um if you're wondering, like, where the money went, it's shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's $80,000 missiles fired by 19-year-olds who legally mm -hmm. cannot buy a beer in their home country. Um, <laughs> who it's... were not born when the war <laughs> when started. When it started. Well, who were babies, in Baby fairness. babies. Maybe babies. Perhaps. Babies. Okay, so okay, yeah. Okay. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little babies. Um, so I've been interviewing, uh, and again, I don't have the transcripts yet. I've been interviewing this this anarchist activist who's located in Afghanistan. Um, and I don't have all of their answers translated, but the the person I, because I had to interview them through someone else who was a, an Iranian um, anarchist activist. And I asked them, 
Uh, my question was, I'm curious as an anarchist, how do they feel about the difficulty of opposing an authoritarian religious movement when the only counter to that movement is an imperialist military? How do they navigate being stuck in the middle of that situation? Um, and the I have not gotten their response yet, but my source, who's an, an Iranian activist, responded, I think the answers of the Iranian and Afghan people are the same. The situation did not come about because of the vacuum the U.S. created by leaving. The U.S. was always present in Afghanistan when the Taliban took provinces, counties, cities, and committed all the atrocities we witnessed. They just did nothing. Even worse, they filled their pockets and the pockets of the Afghan regime and private military corporations, plus all the atrocities they committed in Afghanistan. But nothing was given to the people of Afghanistan. Even before the Taliban, our comrade wanted to immigrate because of poverty and the lack of jobs that plagued Afghanistan. The counterinsurgency tactics worked really well. Because of the poverty and division between everyone, people became so subservient that they didn't have a chance to wake up from their reverie and stage an uprising. Also, the people were lied to at every stage of this pretense war. Kabul was supposed to be safe until the Americans left, but even that turned out to be a lie. It's not that hard to hate both liars. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, um, yeah. Yeah, good shit. <laughs> what was that one thing I'd, I'd seen? Like, yeah. This isn't directly related to what you were just saying, but I remembered it. Um, also, just part of this framing of how it could happen so fast is, well, because they knew this was happening. A lot of Taliban were making deals with different, you know, community members or yeah, uh, people that were preparing, you know, and ready to say, like, yeah, well, we're just – there's no point in continuing to die here. And they, you know, deal. they – they started in these um in these the the Taliban's kind of started their takeover in these kind of rural outposts yeah. because the the Afghan army had kind of continued a policy established by the US where you had these kind of far flung mm -hmm. forward operating bases um in order to kind of like lock down specific regions to stop the Taliban from moving freely th through them and we can debate whether or not that was ever a good strategy, but it's only a maintainable strategy when you have air support, right? Both right. for supplying your forces and for carrying out strikes in order to, to fend off attacks. Um, and because the Afghan military's ability to do that was completely degraded when we pulled the contractors out, um, these forces had no support and no resupply. In addition to that, the because of all of the grift and corruption in the Afghan government, they weren't getting paid. So mm. part of why all, a huge numbers of these guys just surrendered without a fight is the Taliban said, and the Taliban was pretty honest about this, hey, if you guys just put down your guns and leave, we'll let you go home. We'll even give you some pocket money to buy right. food and stuff. Mm. And a lot of like fucking Afghan soldiers are like, well, okay. Like, right. it's either that or die without well, bullets for nothing. We've not talked yeah. about this in other contexts too, where it's yeah. like, yeah, it's all bad. But it, mm -hmm. and you're going to have people who are going to yeah. quote unquote support uh, mm -hmm. people who get, keep them alive and give them money, yeah. right? I, I guess I'll take the option that probably means I go home to my family rather than definitely right. dying for a bunch of right. grifters who will absolutely flee the country ahead of me. Mm. Um, <sighs> yeah. I'd like to give a brief shout out to everybody uh, in the right wing sphere using the Taliban to dunk on uh, people with pronouns. And Facebook. Oh yeah. No, oh, I didn't God. see this. For oh, God. It's nature. amazing. It's amazing. It, if it's only just... we had been more like the Taliban, we could have won. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ooh. These uh, funny people. It's just uh... and it's and part of what's so funny about that is that the only successful use of the US military to support um 
a a foreign like uh, military force in a counterinsurgency campaign of any of our lifetimes happened in northeast Syria um, in uh, like a movement that was uh, profoundly politically radical um, and um, not at all like. Like, fucking Jack Posobiec calls them woke all the time. Like, the fucking, you know, it, 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 it's exaggerated somewhat. But there was a profoundly progressive movement. And the reason why, in that one and only case, shit worked is because um, it wasn't a giant grift. Number one, uh, we found a, a group of people who were already successfully fighting. And we were just kind of like, what do you... Uh, what do you need, like, in order to, to, to do this better? And we provided them with support rather than coming in and creating our own thing, which is also what, like, in Syria, you had kind of the CIA chunk of things, which was we're going to try and create our own or, like, we're going to try to build up these this, like, kind of rebel capacity to fight Assad and, like, just did not really work in the long run. Kind Wait, of the CIA didn't succeed at the thing didn't, they tried to wasn't do? Wasn't successful. Interesting. We, <laughs> meanwhile, the DOD was like, well, these people are already fighting very well against ISIS. What if we just make it easier for them? Um, and anyway, I don't know. Everyone everyone saying anything is dumb. Don't listen to anybody. It's uh, true. Don't listen to uh, podcasts listen to or Especially people. not don't us. Don't listen to podcasts or They're, people. It's just um, very, very uh, complicated and a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like there's. I keep seeing stuff like that where it's like it's actually more nuanced than that. But that's yeah. always that's it, usually said to like shut down the thing being said. No, because the, the reality is it is incredibly complicated. This, just the Afghan politics, the history of the region, why the and people get a lot of stuff wrong. Like everyone's saying, "Well, we armed the Taliban, you know, in the first place to fight the Soviets." Doesn't know what they're talking about because that never happened. Uh, and in fact, the Taliban came to power fighting a lot of the people that we had armed to fight the Soviets because a bunch of those guys were messy sons of bitches. Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But like we didn't create the Taliban to fight the Soviets. The Taliban were largely a reaction to the people that we were arming to fight the Soviets. Um, anyway. We just, love, we just love arming people. Um, yeah, arming we, do. People. We, we do. We do love to arm people. Um, it's a real American pastime. And there's a bunch of shit people get wrong. But, like, the, the fact that the, the history is complicated and the fact that, like, the scale of the fuck-up is massive and complicated doesn't mean that the gist of what happened and went wrong in yes. Afghanistan is complicated. Yes. What exactly. went wrong right. is the only purpose of the war on the U.S. end, really, when you look at it from like an operational capacity, the, there were two things going on. One of those things was making billions of dollars for a small number of very corrupt people in the defense industry and the tech industry. And the other thing that was going on was politicians passing the buck so that they didn't have to make any unpopular decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what went on. And because of that, this incompetent and corrupt military leadership in Afghanistan was allowed to continue to metastasize in such a way that, like, the military never really had much operation, and the government never never had much operational capacity. This this supposedly democratic government was never as effective at providing for basic needs in a lot of regions of the country as the fucking Taliban was. Um, and you had, like, all of that results from the fact that this, for the United States, the most powerful actor in the region, was never anything but uh, a grift. Like, that's, that's the core of it. That's why it went so fucking wrong. Because there was never any attempt to do anything from the most influential actors in our government but profit from it. 
Um, yeah. And so, yeah, of course it was a fucking disaster. And the people who suffered most are not even U.S. soldiers. Uh, they're Afghan citizens yes, uh, who died in massive numbers. But some numbers don't want to leave. Who so. But they don't. I think, uh, by my calculations, about 18,000 of them don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. They would rather be there and take their yeah. chances. God, fucking Biden. Um, I am sure that we will continue talking about this. Um, One would imagine. But you're right. You can't possibly do the whole thing justice. And there's there's twenty year one war. Single, in yeah, one yeah hour. there's a lot of shit that did go down. Um, it's it's certainly complicated. But like the the gist of what went wrong is um, a bunch of criminals who were incompetent invaded Afghanistan because it would help their polling numbers yeah. and make their friends rich. It's, and it it's did. Both, it's, and both it's, it's both complicated and incredibly simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very simple when you look at our role in it, right? Mm -hmm. The history yes, of yes. the region, all the different, like, yeah. that's very complicated. But when you look at what we did, pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Well, Robert, thank you again for, for leading oh, this conversation I, yeah. because um, I found go it read, informative. Go, go read someone who knows what they're, you know. Um, and then there's book, that. <laughs> yeah. A, a book, one book I always re recommend if you want like kind of earlier history on Afghanistan, particularly about like the, the British attempt mm. to invade Afghanistan, mm. um, because there's some fun parallels, is The Return of a King for early Afghan history. I'm still kind of, most of my reading on this has been like just kind of journalism and, and, and uh, uh, like reports on, yeah, you know, reported. like the ones we quoted. Um, but there's, there's, there's a couple books that have come out pretty recently that are kind of tracing the whole, uh, the whole sweep of the, the war on terror and like why it was such a disaster. Um, I'm, I'm going to check out, uh, a couple of those and see if I think any of them are very good, but, um, I don't know. You know, I always recommend the other place I recommend is, um, let me see if they've actually got anything out about this today, is Mongol Media, which is a, a collective of uh, artists and writers from um, what they call the periphery, which is uh, what a lot of, you know, a lot of Americans either call the third world or the global south. Um, I, I think periphery is a much better term, and it's it's kind of the periphery in relation mm. to how it's seen by people in, you know, in the center of empire. But right, right, right. Um, there's, there's some good uh, articles that some of them have written about growing up and like some of these these folks are uh uh fixers and like local journalists and so like they've had this experience of kind of like working with westerners and trying to like tailor content about their homelands for westerners um and there's a book or there's an article on mongol media uh called afghanistan a personal history that was published in 2017 um that i recommend reading um if you kind of want you know uh an afghan person's perspective on some of this from, right from that yeah, period. Ooh, interesting right? concept yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah not just for white people yeah yeah and um, i'm sorry that like obviously this is going this was a very like focused on the u.s and fuck-ups because this is this is a u.s politics podcast yeah so that was obviously going to be more our bag but that's not yeah, the most important story here it's just exactly. the one that we're most equipped to tell yeah, and I, I also wanted to plug uh, Props Podcast Hood Politics that also uh, covered what's going on in Afghanistan. So check Great. that out. All right, guys, we will be back next week. Um, and I wish I had something funny or good to share and say right now, but I don't. <laughs> Worst year pod. Worst year ever. Welcome to a not very good year.
Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.